Hi, welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode five of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Number three, being rightly prepared, you must draw near into God's special presence. Falling low at his footstool, Psalm 95.6, representing him to your thoughts as one who is in himself and of himself, the only heavenly, all-knowing, and almighty majesty, Matthew 6.9. Now become your loving and merciful Father through Christ, his Son, your Lord, then you must pour out your soul before him in confessing your sins, 1 Samuel 1.15, and in making your desires through the Spirit known unto him in the name of Christ for yourself and others. In all lawful petitions and supplications with thanksgiving, Philippians 4.6, and all this with understanding, 1 Corinthians 14.15, with the intention and full bent of the soul, James 5.16, and expectation of being heard, Mark 11.24, in due time and measure and in the best manner. Section 3, Further Directions Concerning Prayer. Under the directions both for preparation to prayer and concerning prayer itself, take these cautions. First, if it may be, omit neither the one nor the other, and let them be the first work after you are up. Psalm 5, 3. But if that cannot be because of some necessary hindrance, yet... Perform them so soon as you can, and as well as you can, though you can do neither, either so soon or so well as you would. Yet, omit them not altogether. Break through all seeming necessities, which will daily come in your way to hinder and thrust out these duties. The devil, knowing that nothing doth undermine and overthrow his kingdom more than these duly performed. Knowing also that the spiritual performance of them is tedious to corrupt nature, will thrust upon you seeming necessities so many and so often that if you be not watchful to gain and to take time, breaking through all such hindrances as are not truly necessary, you will often, by the circumvention of the flesh and of the devil, be brought to an omission of preparation or of prayer or both, upon which will follow similar temptations, together with a proneness to the like neglect and a greater indisposition disposition to these duties afterward. Secondly, lay not too great a task upon yourself 
in this preparation to prayer. I mean, so much as will take up more time than the works of your calling and other needful affairs will permit. But contrive and husband your time so that every lawful business may have its own time. Ecclesiastes 3.1 God has subordinated the works of your general and particular calling in such sort that usually the one shall not obstruct the other. If through taking up too much time in preparation to prayer and in prayer, either of them grow necessarily tedious and burdensome. Satan will circumvent you by these means, causing you out of a true weariness of too much, even before you are aware, to omit them altogether. Thirdly, whereas when you prepare yourself to pray and when you do pray, it is lawful, to think of your worldly business to the end that you might pray for direction and for good success therein. For you may ask your daily bread, Matthew six eleven. You must take heed when you think of these things that your thoughts be not worldly through distempers and distractions about the same, Luke seven twenty nine. For these will abate your spirituality and fervor in prayer and will shut the ears of God against your prayer. Section 4. Signs of worldly-mindedness in devotion and remedies against it. If you desire to know the signs and remedies of distempers and distractions about worldly things in your preparation for holy duties. By distempers, I mean inordinate trouble about the means, and by distractions, I mean a vexing trouble about success. Roman numeral one, as to the signs of it, you may know that your mind is distempered with worldliness, even in thinking on lawful business, when you prepare yourself to prayer and at other seasons by these marks, number one, when, except in case of necessity in their apparent danger, your worldly affairs are first in your thoughts to be the matter of your meditation. For thoughts how to hallow God's name and how his kingdom may come and how you may do his will should usually be in your mind before those that concern your daily bread. Two, when they interpose themselves, interrupt and jostle out those good thoughts whereon you are thinking before you have thought of them sufficiently. Three, when your thoughts of worldly business are with greater intention of mind than the thoughts of things spiritual and heavenly, Four, when they last longer than such as immediately concern the glory of God and the good of your soul, or hold you too long upon them. Five, you may know it by the ends which you propose to yourself in your thoughts of worldly business. 
Are the ends you propose only or chiefly that you may prevent poverty or that you may have wherewith to satisfy your natural desires? If you propose not other and more spiritual ends, your thoughts of them at that time are worldly. But if your thoughts of your worldly business be to the end that you may lay them to the rule of God's word, that you may not offend him in your labor and care about them, or that you might crave God's direction and blessing upon your said care and labor, you being spiritual in thoughts of worldly business, then your thoughts of lawful business are not distempered with worldliness. Roman numeral two. To remedy these distempered thoughts, first let a sound and clear judgment discern what is good, what is bad, also what is best and what is least good, preferring things spiritual, heavenly, and eternal, incomparably before those which are earthly and temporal. Make those best things your treasure, Matthew 6.21. Then your heart will be chiefly set and your thoughts will chiefly run on them, and you will be moderate in thinking of those things which are less needful. Two, do as a wise counselor at law or as a master of requests who must hear many clients and receive and answer many petitions. Consider whose turn it is and what is the most important suit and dispatch them first. Let thoughts of worldly business be shut out and made to stand at the door till their turn come to be thought about. And let the more excellent and more needful be dispatched first. Three, if thoughts of the world will imprudently intrude themselves and will not be kept out, rebuke them sharply. Give them no hearing, but dishearten them and rebuke the porter and keeper of the door of your heart. That is, smite wound and check your conscience because it did not check and restrain them. Four, in all lawful business, ensure yourself fully and sufficiently to intend that one thing which you have in hand for the present, Ecclesiastes 9.10, and at all times restrain wandering thoughts as much as may be, let your reason get such power over the fancy that you may be able to think of what you please, when you please, you will say. <sighs> to a fickle mind, this is hard, if not impossible. To this I answer, if you would not nourish and entertain evil, flying and unseasonable thoughts when they arise, and would as often as they offer themselves, be much displeased with them and with yourself for them, then in time you will find it possible and not exceedingly hard to think of what good things you would and not of what evil things you would not. Five, lastly, when the time of thinking and doing of your worldly business is come, then think thereof sufficiently 
and to good purpose. For then they will be the less troublesome in thrusting themselves in out of place because it is known that in their place they shall be fully regarded. Idleness and improvidence about these things puts a man into straits many times and into distempers about his worldly business more than needs or else would be. You would also know when your thoughts of success in your worldly affairs are evil together with a remedy against them. To think that if you be not prudent and diligent in your calling and that if God do not bless your diligent, you may do the works of your calling in vain and may expect ill success. Thus to think is lawful and useful for it will excite in you a resolution to be frugal and diligent and when you have done all you can, these thoughts also will quicken you to prayer unto God for success. But if your thoughts of thriving or not thriving be other than these and bring forth other effects, namely, if desires of success drive you to think of using unlawful means from doubting that you cannot so soon or so certainly or not at all speed by the use of lawful only, if it make you full of anxiety and fear that though you use what good means you can, all will be in vain, if you be yet doubtful and take anxious thought about what you shall eat, what you shall drink, and what you shall put on, or how you and yours shall live another day, then your thoughts about success in worldly business are worldly and distracted. I shall speak to this sin with its remedy more fully when I write against taking care in anything. This concludes episode five of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk. <laughs>